This is the Just Own You podcast, a podcast to build confidence in women to achieve their dreams, be confident in your unique story, and share your gifts and talents. I will be interviewing everyday women that have embraced their story through success, hardship, loss, and every life experience, as well as I'll be sharing my unique adventures as a wife, mom, entrepreneur, and lover of life. So join me, Jessica Bright Peterson, each week as we develop ourselves and find joy. Just own you. Ooh, welcome today. It is a beautiful Tuesday, and I wish you guys could see Leah where she is. We have Leah Bowden back with us today, and she is going to talk all about beautiful food, nourishing our bodies, becoming a people. She just wrote a book. I love it when people have dreams and achieve them, and that's why I wanted her on the podcast today, because she is one of those people, and I am thrilled to have her with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Yes. Now tell tell them where you're at because the view that she has is beautiful and she's living exactly what she teaches. So oh, yeah, there's this amazing place next to my town called Finley Farms and it's like an outdoor, indoor restaurant, farm, cafe, and you can work um, on the patio and get like house-made drinks that they utilize the herbs that they grow and it's just lovely out here. Oh, I love it. I love it. I wish I was there because I'm in an office and she's in the beautiful nature with beautiful food and things. So I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, Leah. So tell me, Leah is actually, she's a registered nurse. She has done so much in her career thus far. And then recently, wrote a book for nourishing babies and families. And I want you to take us back, like, tell us about this journey of becoming a registered nurse then, oh, I like that, but I want to do this avenue. So take us way back where it started for you. Yeah. So a little bit of background, just, I was always impacted by my own asthma and allergies as a kid and as an adult. And so I initially started out in just Western medicine, you know, like traditional nursing school, clinicals in the hospital. And I always wanted to work with kids. I always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to do peds. So I didn't start out in pediatrics, but I eventually, so I worked in neurotrauma and ortho. And then I, I was a little bit dissatisfied with like pushing pills and not being able to focus on nutrition at all. And I remember thinking like when I worked on the stroke floor, we were giving these special diets for people with strokes, you know, because they couldn't chew with, you know, normal foods. So we get like slurried, it was called like slurried waffles and slurried meatloaf. And it was just purees, um, cafeteria style purees. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I wish we just had like these amazing superfood smoothies because that's the same texture. Um, we could totally nurture them in different ways and stop giving them just chemical crap. Um, maybe that would help their nervous system recover a little bit easier from their stroke or whatever, their brain injury. Um, and that wasn't really a possibility, but I imagined it. And so eventually I transitioned um, to pediatrics and at the same time, simultaneously, I was working in a birthing center. So totally Western medicine and pediatric ICU, totally um, functional medicine at the birthing center. 
and my eyes were just open to like I finally found like I found my niche like every day I went to the birthing center it was such joy because I was living out exactly what I dreamed like working with families to support their decisions to bring in holistic medicine into their lives instead of only offering a Western medicine um, idea and framework and so I started to carry those over to the hospital and just that mindset of nourishing kids and foods and chronic illnesses starting from a very young age I was seeing kids two and three years old diagnosed with diabetes and cancer and all of these things just seemed off to me and so I eventually had my own kids my first one um, in 2016 and I had one desperate dream for her which was I'd never wanted her to deal with asthma because it was such a burden for me. I was this like healthy mid twenties lady who appeared super healthy on the outside. But if you saw me on a hike with my husband in Colorado, you would think I was 80. Like I'm stopping to take puffs in my inhaler. I'm, I can't do the elevation. I can't go at the pace that my body wants to because my lungs aren't allowing that capacity. And I was like, I just hope asthma doesn't inhibit my kids. So I really started digging into the gut and how that affects all of our immune systems, all of our immune system, all of our body systems, our mental wellness. And I was like, I'm going to just focus on this for my kids. So yeah, whenever my first was born, I got really into first foods and my dad played a big role in that because I was a former vegan and he was always sending me literature and books on very gently nudging me away from a plant-based diet. And it wasn't to, to poop on plant-based diets, but it was to encourage mm. animal sources and animal fats and healthy things that I was kind of missing out on nutritionally, especially mm -hmm. as a childbearing person, as a woman that was childbearing and about to breastfeed. Um, so I just got really into the traditional foods and really into nourishing traditions, the whole Weston A. Price Foundation, which involves, you know, it's not restricting foods, it's incorporating properly pre prepared nutrient-dense foods to prevent chronic illness. And I was like, this is like the nutrition Bible and I'm gonna delve into it and apply it to my kids and see where it goes. And so I did um, and it was just like, everything clicked, like it was what I wanted to do. Oh my goodness, I absolutely love that. I have had the privilege of looking at Leah's cookbook. Um, it was such an honor. I love it when people are like, will you look this over? And I'm like, ah, I'm going to cry because they want me to look at their project. That's seriously like when um, Dr. James, my husband, and I received the email that, can you look this over and be an endorsement for the book? I'm like, absolutely, we will. And I looked through the book and I absolutely love it. One of the things I want you to talk about is I feel like um, I have a, a good solid foundation for food. Even I get confused in this world of information and, you know, especially raising kids, like one year it's keto, the next year it's let's do candida diet. Oh, let's do juice fasting and this book. So I want you to kind of help moms understand how to not be overwhelmed with what they should be feeding their babies and their kids and themselves. So walk us through that process of writing this book 
and how you combat all that's coming at you with the food, like knowing what's right and wrong? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, the book primarily speaks to an inclusive diet, whereas it does honor food restrictions for parents or children that need some sort of gluten or dairy restrictions at some point. Um, but traditionally, like our ancestors ate whole foods from quality sources as far as it goes with grains and dairy. And while I've even had to do some restrictions in the past, I wanted to I wanted to prevent that for parents, that stress of, can I eat this? Can my kid eat that? I wanted to just teach them what's the proper form of these foods. So instead of commercialized, pasteurized dairy with sugar as for a form of yogurt, like strawberry play or whatever, let's talk about actual yogurt um, from a local milk source that you can make in your kitchen or just how to pick the best at the store, full fat, organic, plain, no sugar added, none of that low fat crap. That's gonna be the most nutrient dense for your kid. Um, and then with uh, gluten and legumes and grains, the same thing. Our ancestors did consume those, but they did it in such a way that their body could absorb the nutrients and that they would be consuming something bioavailable. So they weren't just going out and getting the grains and eating it that way, they were preparing them. They were soaking or souring the grains, the rice, the beans to unlock those nutrient profiles instead of just quick from a can or the way it comes at the store. Um, so our hand, is, our hand is needed in the kitchen to bring some of these traditions back into our lives and our health. But I know it's busy and I know that parents don't have the time to soak their rice and beans all the time. And to make their own yogurt. So I'm trying to marry those two ideas together, busy parents in the modern day, adopting these principles and what can we do some of the time and how can we do it well while not being hard on ourselves when we can't do that all the time because it's really, really difficult to obtain this level of perfection and everything my child eats is not ideal. It's not, and, and that's realistic. So I want it to be realistic and that's the aim of the book. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, I, I picked one of our favorites out of the book and it was curry. I'm a huge fan of curry. And I wanted to see like, okay, for a busy mom, can you do this in 30 minutes? Because that's usually the window of a meal time. They want start to finish 30 minutes. Absolutely, you can do it in 30 minutes. Um, and even sometimes, because I do a lot of, I like to do some prepping and you could even cut that down with say you decided on Saturday to prep it prior. So I love the fact that as you go through her cookbook, it's nothing that's gonna be like, I can't get that anywhere. I, I won't be able to find it because you can, and the majority of what I've seen is local and even commercial grocers are becoming more acquainted with the healthier lifestyle products. And so Leah's book is literally laid out to help them with that. Yeah. You, you also touched on the fact that we know that there's no perfection in eating because, you know, some, maybe you're going on a vacation and you can't find something or, Hey, it's a birthday. So touch on that for, because moms, that's usually where the guilt comes from is like when they're out and about and they forget to bring snackies or when they're on vacation and they just feel like, Oh, I'm not being good. Cause we don't, we don't, we didn't bring the organic yada yada. So yeah. talk on that. 
Yeah, especially when there's no like underlying health condition or allergy that's severe. Um, and intolerances can be a little bit tricky when you're traveling or at someone's house or someone else has hosted you. Absolutely, those, those circumstances will happen. But for mm -hmm. the most part, um, I just am over the mom guilt. Like I'm over worrying that my husband took the kids to Wendy's and got freaking French fries. Like I'm over it. Okay, we got French fries at Wendy's and we're eating something awesome for dinner or we're having leftovers. It's just about being kind to yourself and understanding that we are gonna do the best we can with what we have when we, when we can. Mm, oh my goodness, moms, I think I need to repeat that. Get over the mom guilt with the food because um, if you're doing majority, like really trying your best and then you're like, you know what, today I'm not cooking anything because I am just burnt out or tired, which that's the whole purpose of not trying to be perfect is to avoid the burnt out, you know? Um, so help us create a good mindset for families. What, how can we create that? What do you recommend? And you do a great job in your overview in the front of the book. So talk about that. Yeah, one thing that's really important, two things, I think. One is, especially something you said was so true, is preventing the burnout so you actually enjoy bringing those meals to the table when you're, when you're cooking. Um, a huge thing is allowing that room for a little bit of like, oh, we had something frozen, it's like frozen vegetables instead of fresh from the farmer's market or whatever. Allowing that room so that you enjoy it and you're not burned out because I can tell you, when I'm obsessing about the trans fats that my kids had in the Wendy's fries, and I'm like, we're cooking every day, three meals a day, I don't enjoy it and everyone knows it. It's not fun for our family. It's not teaching good practices to enjoy food and to have a healthy food relationship. And so I never want my kids to grow up and say, my mom never let us eat that. My mom never let us have that. I want them to grow up and say, my mom taught us how to make that in the best way that nourished our body but it wasn't dogmatic and we and we sometimes didn't do that and it was okay um mm. and so some of the ways that i think are easiest for moms of busy parents in general to bring this practice forward is to meal plan um we have like a rotation so even if it's like 20 dinners or a week one and a week two we'll rotate those meals that we all love that are easy to prep easy to shop for with ingredients we usually buy um, I usually do a weekly meal plan, so I'll just rotate it. I'm not thinking of new recipes every week. I'm not thinking of new dinners every night on the fly, hoping something turns out. I'm rotating a chicken, fish, a beef, a veggie meal, and I'm recycling them. And then one night we're having leftovers and one night we're getting takeout. And that's just kind of my system. Um, so we'll be like taco Tuesday or beef, whether that's Korean beef and rice or burgers Friday. I'm just bringing in some sort of um, system that makes sense for our family and planning is helpful. And then the second thing is utilizing fresh foods that are frozen because I don't have time to skin and chop and roast sweet potatoes every night. But if I see frozen skinned and chopped organic butternut squash and sweet potatoes and broccoli, I am, I'm stocking up on them because it takes me five minutes to steam them and slather grass-fed butter on them. And it's a perfect side and it takes almost no effort. And so that's my huge like 
frozen food is good when it's fresh frozen vegetables and fresh frozen fruit. Those are almost nutrient dense more so than some available at the store because they're picked in the ripe, picked in ripe peak season and then flat frozen to preserve the nutrients. Yeah. I love that you talk about um, the ease and the convenience being kind of having a whole approach to everything. And you, you talk about food positivity, like that's a big thing that I want to touch on. Um, and you did already, but making sure people know what that is, because I'm guilty of saying, oh, that's a bad food. And this is a good food and things like that. And in the book, you also touch on that. How do we teach our kids from a young age to kind of embrace different things? Um, because it, there's picky eater syndrome in most families. There's one. So talk about the picky eater and teaching them um, food um, positivity uh, from a young age. Yeah, I think um, I made this mistake with my first, just not, re not realizing how receptive they are from the very youngest age to our language as far as like anything goes so diapering talking about our body talking yeah. about food they are receptive and i started to transition with my second on how to use positive food language at the table more than ever instead of saying like sugar is bad for you um it makes your teeth rot which is something i would always say um then I didn't want my child to think, well, I must be bad if I eat sugar, if sugar is bad for me. So instead yeah. of switching it to saying, okay, when we have sugar, we always brush our teeth after to help care for our teeth or whatever. Um, yeah. And then the bribing, that's like, oh, I'm so guilty of it. And I'm, I'm trying to get out of it and I have more, but let's have our fish and then you can have a cookie for dessert. Don't you want to have your dessert or whatever? Or, um, you know, your brother ate all his food. Can you eat it too? Um, those things are really, can be detrimental because they learn that the reward is better than their meal and mm -hmm. or that we are a better judge at when they're full or my brother or sister is better than me because they ate more than me. Um, take one more bite. You only have one bite left. Take one more bite. That really, really um, can translate to them that we know better than their body. And what we're really wanting to teach is for children to listen to their body when, as far as like pottying, eating when they're tired or thirsty, like we want to teach them to intuitively listen to their bodies. And food is a huge opportunity for us to just teach that moment. Oh man. That, wow. Wow. Can we all just get a wow again? Because that is so Good. How do you help those kids that are naturally picky though? And you, you know, they're hungry, but they won't eat it. It's like, because it's something brand new. I, my kids have done that where I don't know what that is. And I'm like, well, then you can't say you don't like it, honey, because I've never made this before. So what do you do in those scenarios? A couple things. One thing that um, is really beneficial is to, when you offer a new food, to offer it along something else that they do enjoy. So say your kid really, really mm -hmm. likes sliced pears or um, I don't know, burgers, and you're giving them a new vegetable or something to try, you're giving them other things that they do like and then offering them something new. 
The second thing is to, instead of be forceful and saying like, well, you have to try it, which I definitely have said, and I do sometimes, I find with my kids, it's e easier for them and more um, likely for them to try something if I say, okay, well, I'm just gonna set it on the side of your plate and you can try it if you want to, but you don't have to. I'm really enjoying it. If you'd like to try it, go for it. When they know that it's their, their control, that they can try it if they want to, um, that's a good way for them to take the opportunity. And the third, well, I have maybe have four things. The third thing is um, with super, super picky kids, some, some ways that I've seen kids that are like three, four, five are so picky to get used to warming up to a new food. Say it's even an orange, okay? And they're like, I don't like oranges. Um, letting them experience it in the senses. So what does it smell like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like if you lick the orange? What is it? Is it tangy? Is it sour? Is it sweet? With any food, letting them experience the textures of feeling, smelling, and tasting. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of a game. And I've seen these charts that some dietitian moms have put out there. Um, I don't know where you can get them, probably Amazon. They're like food tasting charts. So you can bring it to the table and have it as a kind of fun game. Like, oh, mushroom, what does this feel like? Is it soft or firm? Is it squishy? What does it smell like? Does it smell savory or sweet? And it's kind of like a board game that they get to, for really, really picky eaters, it's really interactive for them. And then the very last thing is, I am not the kind of parent to say like, you're going to go to bed hungry if you didn't try my new food. Mm -hmm. So I do like to give an alternate, like, if it's just not happening, I, I usually say, all right, if you're not hungry now or you don't want to try it, that's fine. When you ask for a snack, I'm going to offer you this meal. I'm going to stick it in the fridge or whatever and offer you the rest of your meal. And if it's an absolute no, I will offer an alternative of something that they love. And it's just one alternate. It's just like peanut butter toast with honey or um, whatever, something that's nutrient dense, that's quick. If we're like rushing to bedtime and it's very late and we're very cranky and hungry, I'm not going to force them. Um, and I do that less often but I do want to reserve that option for parents so that they're not overwhelmed with that feeling of sending their kid to bed hungry. Um, there's a balance and every family's different of catering to the needs of a picky eater and also not forcing them and making them feel overwhelmed by it, by the new practices that we're bringing in to transform their pickiness. Oh my goodness. Yes. I, wow. I hope everybody's taking notes or go back and listen to this again because it's fantastic. Are all of those tips and tricks, are they in your book as well, Leah, talking about that? Yep, there's a whole little page on picky eating where those um, points are highlighted and kind of explained. Okay, perfect, perfect. Now, what inspired you as we wrap up to even start this book? Like, oh, I you had been in, she's a big influencer. Um, on Instagram, I follow her, she's wonderful. I've seen her work locally. And so then you were doing nutritional, which you do, you do client care where you'll do meal planning as well. And we'll, we'll touch on that there at the end. Mm -hmm. And then what spurred like, let me write a cookbook. Yeah, um, the opportunity just kind of came, somebody, my editor was looking for somebody to author a baby food cookbook and she ran across like, this is all by chance. She ran across my page. I don't have a big following and 
she asked if I was ever interested in writing a cookbook. And I said, that's literally my dream. I'd love to write a book. I just don't have the resources to make beautiful photographs, to design something nicely, um, and to even have the time to write down recipes as I'm slinging things together in the kitchen. And so she just, I mean, the opportunity was just like a chance. Um, yeah. I had eBooks already that were just like digital. Yeah. And I always wanted to take it further, but this, my editor just magically we came together and she helped me bring like one of my biggest dreams forward. And I'm so thankful. Yeah. No, I think, I don't think it's chance. I think that Leah was meant to write this book because she has a beautiful take on it and will help so many people. Where can they find you? And for today's listeners, if you reach out to me, then you will be able to get um, a discount for Leah's book. So DM myself or uh, Leah so that you can get that, this fantastic book, which you will want to get. Um, so tell us where they can get the book, the title, and tell us where they can find you on all your social handles. Yeah, um, my social on Instagram that I'm most active is at Blooming Motherhood, just one word. And that's where I'm going to be releasing or announcing the release date for the book. I don't have the release date yet, but it's October or November of this year. So as soon as I know, there'll be an announcement and it's going to be primarily available on Amazon. It's not available for pre-order yet, but again, I'll announce on my social when it is. And the book is the All Organic Baby Food Cookbook. Nice, nice. And it's fantastic. The the um, work in progress version, I absolutely loved. I will be recommending it and we recommend it here in our office. Uh, it's gonna be a lifesaver, whether you have the first baby or the 10th baby, whatever, but let's try to make mama's life easier. And that's what Leah is all about while impacting their lives in the best way they can. So any last thoughts, Leah? No, I don't think so. Um... Yeah, people that um, would like to work one-on-one, -on -one, I do offer that on a small basis for first foods meal planning and also wellness consults, and they can find more information over at bloomingmotherhood.co. Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, this is coming out in October, so make sure that you guys watch Leah's social because you will want to know all about her book, her release, and being a part of this great movement in food. As always, just own you.